WGA members from Hawaii brought out a shave ice truck uh, yeah. the other day to the picketers because it was just That's so nice. hot out. And they yeah. just really wanted to um, show their appreciation and gratitude and all that stuff. So, so the whole world is ending and it's also on fire and you guys are just out there in the heat. Having shave ice. Having shaved ice. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But it hasn't been like that every day. Honestly, a lot of the days have just been hotness, walking around. Hotness. And then there's everyone else. Yeah. What? Hey, no. what? Hey, yo. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Brooker Family Popcast. I'm Heather. I'm Chris. And I'm Channing. And this is a weekly pop culture and entertainment show for parents and kids and families. Everybody. Everybody, Everybody of all ages. <laughs> We're so glad that you're joining us here today because... If you haven't noticed, there is a lot happening in the world of entertainment right now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Very crazy. So we are the going The world to- is ending, basically, <laughs> as far as entertainment and pop culture is concerned. I it sort of does sad. feel like that, kind doesn't of, right? it? Yeah, it feels like the world is kind of um, upended, for sure. So what we're talking about is, you know, the writers have been on strike. The WGA writers have been on strike now for going on uh, almost three months. Oh, three months. I was going to say two, but No, almost three months. And um, they were just joined by the Screen Actors Guild, the actors. everybody's in on it now. 160,000 actors from the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, from SAG-AFTRA, are now on strike. And you guys have hit the lines a couple times too, haven't you? Yeah, so I am a Screen Actors Guild member Mm -hmm. and I um, am proudly supporting my union, which I've been a member of for 15 years. And when it was announced that they were gonna go on strike, I um, took Channing to the the picket lines with me and we walked around the studios. Um, You know, I've been walking with the writers for a while, but this is the first time I'm walking as a striking member of the union. So. so so when you were walking with the writers, how many pitches were you able to deliver? <laughs> Not many. They didn't really... <laughs> they they really weren't really receptive? No, <laughs> they were like, oh, we just get in our steps to try to show these studios. Get in you know, our like, steps. Yeah. Just get <laughs> out there. Um, but anyway, so Channing, I took Channing with me uh, a couple of times yep. uh, to walk the lines. What was your experience like? Was it... Uh, what did you think about all that? So... Back... back. So... We went to the Disneyland one, so... Not Disneyland. No, oh, no, no. Disneyland. Yeah, Shoot. that's totally different. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so embarrassing. Um, Just Disney Studios. Disney Studio. We went to the Disney Studio because, number one, it was close to our house. And number two, it had a lot of shade. Yes. And yes. number three, we didn't even know this one, it had shaved ice. Well, yeah, we got lucky. Oh. <laughs> one day we went and there was um, a shave ice truck. The WGA members from Hawaii brought out a shave ice truck uh, yeah. the other day to the picketers because it was just oh, so nice. hot out. And they yeah. just really wanted to um, show their appreciation and gratitude and all that stuff. So, so the whole world is ending and it's also on fire and you guys are just out there in the heat. Having shave ice. Having shaved ice. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. But it hasn't been like that every day. Honestly, a lot of the days have just been hotness, walking around. Hotness. And then there's everyone else. Yeah. What? Hey, no. what? Hey, yo. Hey yo. Um, but no, it's been a lot of um I, you know the the W there was I interviewed, I did sort of like a spur of the moment interview with one of the WGA Hawaii members. Okay. And she really phrased it beautifully. She said there's been like this infusion of energy from the actors joining the WGA oh, on the picket line because 
the WGA members have been out there now over two months, you know, picketing, trying to get a fair deal for their union. Yeah. And the actors have been marching in solidarity with them, but it hasn't been everybody, you know? Yeah. Well, now it's everybody. Like, we're talking, like, some of the biggest stars are out there, you know, down to, like, people like me <laughs> who are like, please make me a star. Uh, but it's been this infusion of energy that yeah. the actors are now out there in full force. You can hardly maneuver the sidewalks outside the studios because there's so many actors out there. Well, I think that's what a lot of people are that don't really know exactly what's going on with the strike are having issues with. They feel that like, oh, it's just these big movie stars, millionaires trying mm -hmm. to, you know, get more money, blah, 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 blah. Right. But it's not just the millionaire actors. It's not the Tom right. Cruises and the Brad Pitts and, you know, whatever. It's, it's well, it's you. It's, it's you yeah. know, it's, it's the Us. lower tier. It's you yeah. guys. It's the lower tiered actors who maybe don't work as regularly or who maybe make even more of a pittance in yeah. residuals than the, than the, the A-listers, so to speak, do, or the stereotypical, everyone's stereotypical image of the actors. It's the what they call the below-the-line actors right. mm -hmm. trying to improve their wages, which is such, it's, it's so necessary. Mm -hmm. It's so necessary. So what they're fighting for, there's a lot of big issues, but the main issue right now is they're fighting for um, better guidelines for the use of AI, of artificial oh, that's intelligence. Huge. We briefly talked about it in our last episode, and I think it's important to point out here that these studios have not been really receptive up to this point with us, with SAG saying, we want more guidelines. We want stricter guidelines. You guys can't just take our images and use them however you want for a one-time pay payout, you know? So they yeah. really, that's an issue I think a lot of actors feel like you cannot bend on because it will open the floodgates for um, basically removing actors from the process in the same way that the writers are saying you cannot use AI to write television shows and movies. The actors are saying you can't use AI to, to replicate my image and my likeness, my voice for all eternity, you know, forever and ever. Well, one of the deals I read was they're talking about like uh, extras, Okay, taking an extra, mm -hmm. scanning them, paying them for their day rate at one background time. Background worker. No one goes by extra. Oh, sorry, anymore. sorry. Background worker. <laughs> background worker. Ne a necessary wow. component of any uh -huh. of any filming. Taking a background worker, scanning their image, essentially, uh, paying them for that one day of work. Yeah. And then using their image for forever. Yeah. So you'll see you on a show that you didn't even stand in. And not get paid for it. Yeah. And so that, that's one of the things that kind of stuck with me is like, wow, this is really impacting uh, potentially everybody. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so glad that Channing and I um, has got to come out to the to picket lines with me a couple of times yeah. and that we've been able to share that together. And she's going to come with me a few more times. Little does she know. Oh, dear. No, we like it, though. We want to support you. I know, I know, but it's so hot. And it's we so do hot. it so early in the morning yeah well it only gets hotter so if we yeah. went out at 11 o'clock or noon it would be even hotter so that's why we do it plus early in the morning. you it get dies. donuts yes so plus you get okay. donuts okay yeah i guess that that's like yeah, yeah your life is not hard <laughs> my goodness oh it's so terrible um <laughs> so there's some other issues at stake here i want to briefly touch on mm -hmm. that sag is asking for the studios the amptp studios they are asking for uh basic pay increases which is, you know, um, I don't think completely unreasonable. And um, the union is proposing to have TV and film cast share in subscriber revenue from streaming projects, which I think is a pretty big 
a pretty big ask. I'd be really curious yeah. to see if a Netflix or a Hulu is or Disney Plus is going to give up a chunk of their revenue from subscribers. Um, from streamers. So, um, it's a legitimate concern though. It's a legitimate ask. Yeah. I think. Um, they want to raise the cost incurred when meal breaks are delayed. Um, and motion capture actors, they would like them to be able to be covered by union contracts like Andy circus, who was Gollum in Lord of the Rings and yeah. things like that. So there's a lot of smaller issues that I think are being overlooked, uh, because of some of the bigger ones, but that's basically, and, um, better payment for, uh, residuals. So when a show airs over and over again yeah. or is rewatched over and over again. No, um, no more three cent checks, you know, right. to be sent out. Well, eventually it'll all, it all trickles down to that. Yeah. But like, I, you know, I was on a show called Monk. That was one of my very first big TV roles. Yeah. And I did that like 15 years ago. It was right before I had to join SAG. It was a while. And um, I still get residuals from that show, which aired on, was it TNT? Uh, characters USA. Welcome it USA. USA. Yeah, yeah, Characters Welcome Here. That was their slogan. And I still get pretty, you know, okay sized checks from that show. Yep. But I was also on Atypical on Netflix, and I get literally pennies it is, yeah. from that show. Pennies and it dollar. was a really popular show on Netflix and still is. People still message me all the time and go, Were you the teacher on Atypical? And I was like, Yes, I was. <laughs> so, um, it's interesting. The the work is still the same. The amount of work that you do is the same, sometimes even more so, but you don't get paid anymore and yeah. you don't get paid, you know. Well, then there's the whole foreign component too because, yeah. the, you know, there's there's streamers on, on the foreign side and yes. you get paid a certain rate for that, which yeah. I think is even less than the domestic rate. Yeah, it's a, it's a much smaller percentage. Yeah, but so, yeah. I mean, it's still the same work, the yeah. same platform, you know, but why is it? There's... It, it, the scaling of the pay has always confused me. I think it's confused everybody because sure. no one really knows like why am I getting this for that and but only this, you know, for this platform or, or whatever. It's yeah. it's not really intuitive, I think, you know, for the average person and probably for the actor getting those wages as well. They're just like, oh, I got a check, but I, I, I don't know what this means. Right. I, I don't know what this 30 cent check means. I don't think anyone cares. They're just like, yay, check, something. Right. <laughs> work is work. <laughs> um, so because of that, because of everything that's going on with um, the Screen Actors Guild strike and all of this stuff, there are certain rules that uh, members have to follow while the strike is in place. One of them is that you cannot cross a picket line. You cannot go into a studio and take studio work right now because um, you're crossing a picket line. Yep. Um, you cannot actively promote struck shows, films, and projects from um, AMPTP studios. You certainly can't do paid work for um, struck studios. Can you do non-union work? No. Okay. Absolutely not. That's called being a scab. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if okay. you try to take any kind of work. If you try to take any kind of work, um, you can't. No, let me let me phrase that. You cannot ever, as a SAG member, do non-union work. Okay. So even in the even in a time of strike, even in a time, even when you're not having a strike, right. you can't do non-union work. That's global rule number one. Once you're in the union, you can never yeah. do non-union work again. I'm really sad because I think my mom, if I ever got, it, <laughs> I can't work with my mom because I'm an actor, but I'm not in the union. But my mom is an actor. And she is in the union, so we can never, like, work together. Someday we will, though, yes. I think. Hopefully. Yeah, because you're so young, I have no doubt that you'll, you know, once you start booking your shows and movies and stuff like that, that you'll get in the union or I, commercials. I would watch that show. 
I would yeah, watch that. I would watch that show. I would love to watch that Every, show. Everyone in the world would watch that show. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> um, what would we call our show? Or would, um, it, would we make it like a scripted show, like something funny? I wouldn't say. So either reality TV show, which I don't okay. really like because those no. are they're fake. Yeah, they're totally. What fake. you like is a cake. Yeah, um, yeah. We totally could. We totally could have our own show, and I would love that. Yeah. So, but no, you cannot as a union member ever do non-union work. Period. Okay. So you, if you're, what is happening where people are being called scabs is non-union people taking union jobs Uh-oh. during a strike. So while we're all abstaining from work right now and not taking any work if a non-union person comes in and goes oh i'll do that job you know f those guys or whatever um who are striking i'll take that job instead that's a scab right um and so the there are certain rules in place too for like content creators and you know all this stuff so there's a lot of a lot of things that we are thoughtfully and carefully going to navigate um, moving forward. And I say that because our whole show is based around pop culture. That was my next question. And is, film this, and television. Right. Yeah, well, this is, you don't need to ask the question. We've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is something literally we talked about. Um, so since our whole show revolves around pop culture and film and television, and we talk about movies and TV shows so much, we have to be careful and very thoughtful about how we move forward and promoting and what we're talking about Um to make sure that it's not like a go see this, it's a promotion, like da, 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 right. kind of a thing. I think we can still thoughtfully review things, talk about what we've watched and what we've seen, um, and just be careful that we're not infringing on what SAG has asked me to do Definitely. and asked, you know, um, is asking fans and people to be mindful of. I'm going to look to you to be the gatekeeper oh. of of that, oh, of that content okay. a little bit. Well, because a lot of pressure, Mom. Get you seem to, to it. know it a little bit better than myself and Chan, yeah. for that matter. So, you know, if we start, you know, maybe crossing that line, yeah. I want you to, hey, hey, pull it I back. I think we'll be okay. Well, a lot of it, too, is going to be in conversations we have before we even start recording. True, true. Um, so, like, for example, this week, we're going to talk about in What's Poppin'. We're going to talk about Barbie. Yeah. Because um, it's a movie we all just saw and yep. we really enjoyed. It was I really think, funny. you know, um, that is something that it's okay to talk about. You okay. know, um, that being said, let's talk about it, guys. Yeah. So we went um, for our friend convenient. Jen's birthday. We, Happy birthday, Jen. Yeah. We Happy saw, birthday. We saw Barbie and she rented out a theater and we went and saw it. And what did you guys think? Jan, you first. What'd you think of it? I want to save mine for last. Okay. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was such, it was a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, had a message. It was fun. It was exciting. It, uh, I, I laughed throughout. I just mm-hmm. had a really good time watching it. And that surprised you, didn't it? Well, I figured I was going to like it. I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I walk out of there thinking, when can I see this again? Yeah. Because I want to revisit some of those moments in that movie because it was just so entertaining. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. And that doesn't happen a lot. So I, I very much enjoyed it. You know, I didn't really watch, even though it's, you know, kind of what I cover. I didn't cover the press junket for this one. I didn't interview any of the cast. Um, I have been looking forward to seeing it only in terms of like a it's pop culture place in the world. I also love Greta Gerwig, who's oh, yeah. the director. Um, I also love, um, hey, don't do that. Take that out. Yeah. Um, I also love Greta Gerwig. I love Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. I love the cast. You know, it just looked like a fun movie. And I wasn't disappointed. It was fun. It was lighthearted. But what surprised me was the poignant and heartfelt moments in it. Several. 
Um, I teared up several times and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting those moments. You were looking for a lighthearted romp and oh, there's some depth to it. Yes, it has depth. It has story. You know, um, I... I hate that there's a narrative right now going around that it's somehow this like crazy feminist movie that is trying to teach uh, children to di- be disrespectful to their dads or, you know, whatever the, you know, some people uh, are trying to spin this movie as in a negative way. It's not that. Yeah, I was reading some articles. It's not that. Even this morning, I was reading some articles about, you know, random trolls on Twitter, yeah. you know, you know, espousing, you know, yeah. the, the feminist agenda or whatever that this movie is trying to promote, which it's not. It's just wildly entertaining. Chan, what did you think of the movie? Um, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, I, I laughed at a lot of the points. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the things. Um, I laughed at the wink, wink moments. Yeah. And I also just laughed. It, it was a really funny movie. And like mom said, at the like heart-filled moment, I kind of teared up too. You did? I kind of teared up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you think about um, some of the like costumes and stuff? Did it feel like, because oh. you used to play with Barbies. Like, yeah. yeah I thought good. the sets and everything, they looked like the Barbie houses. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. um, there were some funny moments where they were like, pouring empty milk jugs and pretending to drink, (laughs) you know? That was funny. Yeah, those were funny moments. It made you feel like, oh, these are Barbies. Well, here's the thing. With a movie like like Barbie, you can't go halfway with the set design. No. If you're going to make a movie this big, this Mm -hmm. Barbie big, you've got to build the dream house. Yeah. You've got to have the Corvette. You've got to have all of Barbie's and Ken's friends. You've got to go all out, and they did. They did their research. They looked up the obscure, uh, you know, Barbie minutiae. And they brought it out for the fans. And there's so many, I, I imagine there's so many Barbie Easter eggs uh, in this movie, which I'm not that familiar with, but I'm sure there are yeah. that are going to be, uh, it's another reason to rewatch it. Yeah. You know, yes. to see those things. I definitely want to rewatch it. It was that memorable and it was that great of a movie. And just like, just joyful. Yep. And thoughtful. Like those are the two things that I kept thinking of. I was like, I feel so much joy after watching this, but I also feel like, oh, it's so thoughtful. All right. And the other big movie that has sort of, you know, um, got people out to the movie theaters this week is Oppenheimer. You of know, course. The big Barbie versus Oppenheimer at the box office. Barbieheimer. Uh, yeah, Barbieheimer has proved to be um, a big deal at the box office. Yeah. They both did really well. And everybody's raving about Oppenheimer as well. We didn't, haven't seen that. Oppenheimer, you know, um, th- th- this weekend that it opened, I mean, Barbie raked in like $330 million worldwide, which mm-hmm. is the highest grossing movie uh, uh, of an opening weekend of a female director ever. Oh, I don't have that number. I have $155 million. Where do you have That's that? Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer had $147 million worldwide. Oh, I have $80 million for Oppenheimer. Where are you getting your numbers? Worldwide. Are you We're just talking making worldwide. up numbers now? No, no I'm talking worldwide. You're thinking domestic. You're thinking domestic. <laughs> worldwide, Oppenheimer had $147 million. Barbie had $338 million, I want to say, mm-hmm. worldwide, which, like I said, is the highest premiere ever for a female-directed movie, which is fantastic. Um, they beat Wonder Woman? Yes. Wow. Yes. Worldwide. I'm talking yeah. worldwide numbers here. And Oppenheimer had, you know, almost 150 million, which is also a substantial, yeah. huge opening. Yeah. And which is so great because these two movies are so polar Different. opposites of each other. Oppenheimer's, uh, and I haven't seen it. I want to see it very badly. But Oppenheimer appears to be this, well, it's black and white. It's mm-hmm. this uh, heavy historical drama uh, directed by Christopher Nolan, which, you know, has 
depth in and of itself just by that name alone. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm not surprised at the success. I'm surprised at the level of success. But I think a lot of it is achieved because of the hype, the Barbieheimer hype. Yeah. Everyone's doing this double feature this weekend. Um, I think it's here. Here's what I kind of glean from this as well is that people are hungry for non-superhero movies. Yeah. And yeah. non-superhero movies can be supported and do well at the box office because there's this sort of idea now from major studios that, oh, we have to have superhero movies. We've got to have the big superhero presence. Yep. And I just don't think that's true. I mean, I think it helps. And I think, you know, those movies always, you know, do well, but based on the past few superhero movies we've seen, the the decline of interest, the decline in, you know, quality. critics, quality. Yeah. yeah. I think that people are fatigued and they want to hear a good story. They want to leave the theater feeling good and like, yep. you know. Seeing something new and fresh. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. 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 Totally. And the, and the superhero movies, they, they have their tropes yeah. that have been, I think, to a degree played out. Not being said, there's still going to be more superhero movies down the road. Yeah. I mean, we're big fans of, sure. of the superhero movies. Yes. Definitely. And we'll get into that. But um, you're right. They want to they, they want to see something different. They want to hear stories, better stories, different mm -hmm. stories, smaller stories sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that's working. All right. Speaking of seeing something new, what are we all watching right now that we're enjoying or that we're into or maybe looking forward to watching? Any recommendations? Well, uh, you know, speaking of superheroes, mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying right now. There's a documentary series on Max right now uh, called Superpowered. It's the, the the history of DC Comics, mm -hmm. essentially. And it's a, I believe it's a three episode docuseries. I'm on ep episode three now. And it's just the history of DC and comics, you know, as they grew up in popularity, pop culture, mm -hmm. and as they came <clears> onto <throat> film and, you know, just the ramifications in pop culture and, uh, you know, the American culture worldwide. It's, um, it's a really interesting documentary. And if you're a fan of comic books and comic book movies and all those tropes that we've been talking about, it's, it's worthwhile. Yeah. We watched it the other night. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, uh, Chan, what about you? So I'm actually going to watch this one very soon. It is called Casey Undercover. I've heard of that. Yeah, you guys might have heard of it. Um, I actually did like a little fun exercise on it during an acting class. Um, so I'm watching a TV show right now. And once I'm done with that, I'm going to move on to Casey Undercover. I sort of know what it's about because I've read one of the scripts. It's basically this little girl. I don't know if she's little or something. She's not. She, she sneaks into a school. Um, I think, and she's like not a real human. She's a robot, like oh. FBI robot or something. Okay. I don't really know much about it, but That's I'm looking okay. at it. It sounds like it's going to be good, though. It sounds like you're going to learn a lot. Well, uh, cool. It sounds like you're making it up as you go along, is what it sounds like. I don't really know, but I'm going to watch it. Here's what I think it should be about. And then for me, I'm really into, um, I'm really excited to finish watching Survival of the Thickest. It's from comedian Michelle oh, Buteau, who yeah. I think is so funny and I just love her so much. Um, she, I interviewed her a couple years ago during the pandemic, uh, about her standup special that she had. And she's just, again, just a ball of joy and funny and sassy. And like, I, I relate to that so much yeah. with my humor too. And she has a show out now on, um, I believe it's Netflix. 
and it's um, really good and really funny. And so I've watched the first episode of it and I can't wait to watch more. So uh, shout out to Michelle Buteau. Good. She's so funny. Good. All right. So now we're going to do a quick chance planning. What are we talking about this week? Volleyball. What? I'm sorry. What? Volleyball. No, say it out loud, please. <laughs> Volleyball. There Volleyball. You go. There we go. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I started a volleyball camp. It's um, really fun. Mm-hmm. It's honestly the only sport that I like. You're really good at it, too. I hate. Not, I not hate. Don't, let's not hate on sports because there may be people listening who play a sport that you hate and we don't want to make them feel bad. I don't really like other sports. That's fine. Talk about what you do like, though. Volleyball. Okay. <laughs> what is volleyball? Volleyball is a really fun, unique game. So there are different spots. Um, you have to put your hand, so you make a fist, and then you wrap your other hand around the fist, and then just bop it up. Bop the ball. <laughs> bop it. Bop it. Twist it. <laughs> <laughs> Twirl it. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. It's- yeah. And you do a really good job, too. Like, you, I think at first, once you figured out what was going on and they explained it a little more, and you were like, oh, I get it. I can do this. You were, like, in it. I'm still working on my serving. So yeah. serving serving's hard. Yeah. You have to toss up, up toss it up in the air and then hit it on your hand and it gets over the net. Um the whole point of volleyball is just to make sure the ball doesn't hit on your side. It has to on hit on the ground. On on the ground. It doesn't hit on the ground on your side. I'm very confusing, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um it's new. It's okay. It's a brand new sport for you. Yeah. Well, I think that's really cool, and I'm really proud of you for putting yourself out there and trying something new. Well, I think it's great. It is new to you. Yeah. You came in cold. You knew nothing about the sport, and you came in, and you loved yeah. it. Yeah. That's great. All yeah. right, cool, Daddy. Let's talk about Brooker Beats. Brooker Beats this week, is we're going in a direction I never thought I would honestly go, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the world of Britpop, and it's the new album from Blur, okay? Blur was one of the big uh, American Britpop bands the 90s, okay? It was Blur and Oasis. Uh, you could throw the Smiths in there, too, Morrissey, Suede, Pulp, stuff like that, but Blur was one of the bigger American Britpop bands, um, or I'm sorry, British bands in the Britpop invasion of the 90s, Blur came out and they just recently released, as of this last Friday, the 21st of July, they just released their ninth studio album called The Ballad of Darren. And it was completely off my radar until my friend Mike reminded me about it. And so I gave it a listen and it is really great. Now, Blur is one of those bands that... Damon Alburn is the lead singer of Blur, and you would instantly recognize his voice. You've heard him in The Gorillas, you've heard him in The Good, The Bad, and The Queen, um, you know, stuff like that. And you've heard him in Blur, of course. You instantly recognize his voice, so there's that instant familiarity. But this album, it seems to be evolved. It's very lush. It's a very rich album, very, uh, I want to say grandiose, but it has that Blur familiarity. It's not super energetic, but it is a really good listen to, like, cover to cover. The whole album is great, and I would highly recommend it. It's Blur, The Ballad of Darren. That's this week's pick for Brooker Beats. Yeah. We love it. The Good, the Bad, and the Queen. Yep. That was my nickname in college. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, take a minute and go to Brooker Family Podcast. Check out our merch that we have up there. We've got tote bags, water bottles, coffee cups, whatever you might need with our face on it. We've got it. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week with another episode, which you can listen to on every major podcast player or watch on your Apple TV or Spotify. Just search Brooker Family Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with friends and leave us a five-star review. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye now.